You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast. Hey, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast and give it a thumbs up if it's deserving. It sure helps me out a lot. Anyway, aka Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? This week, I'm going to respond to some listener mail, questions about my sleep setup, how to get stronger on the bike, first time backpacking, and tracking miles are on the agenda. I want to start with the topic of how to get stronger on the bike. Several listeners have asked me versions of this question. My thoughts on how to be faster, what exercises would help cycling, how to keep up with others, those types of questions. Several years ago, I did a blog about this, so I'm going to go through some of that. Obviously, these are my thoughts on the topic, and you may have other better ways that work for you. But the bottom line, if you want to be stronger, you need to put in the effort. So when you're on a tour, faster doesn't necessarily mean better. Most cyclists on a tour want their bodies to be able to pedal long distances for many days. And to do this, your body has to be conditioned to sit long hours in the saddle and to use the same group of muscles for long periods of time. So I do have a few suggestions to become a better version of you on the bicycle. First, is working your core. Adding sit-ups or any sort of ab work to your routine will pay off significantly. The stronger your core is, the easier it is for your body to stay in alignment while you pedal. Yoga is another activity that will build up your core. Um, Holding poses for long periods of time really help to build up that core. Another way to improve is to incorporate a few bursts on your bike rides. For example, if you're out for a 20-mile ride at an easy pace, try pedaling really hard for, I don't know, 15 to 20 seconds, and then go back to your usual pace. Try to do this every couple of miles, and as you feel stronger in future rides, maybe try and do it every mile. And of course, as you progress, think back to the first time you tried it, how you felt, how out of breath you were. Usually that gives, at least for me, um, the incentive to keep going, realizing, okay, the first time this was hard, now it's not. So guess what? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do a little bit more, um, maybe go faster for a longer period of time, and then go back to riding at whatever pace I had decided for the day. For me, after doing these intervals, you notice a big difference in your recovery time as well, which, you know what, feeling stronger feels good. Another suggestion for getting stronger on your bike is to set a mileage goal. Um, For me, I set a mileage goal every single year. It can give you an extra boost to make the decision to ride your bike, even though it might be cold or it might be raining. Be sure to keep your running mileage total visible so that you can see it. And remember, you're the only obstacle in the way of reaching your goal. Big goal or small goal, any goal can help you keep on track. If you have a few favorite routes you ride often, try to incorporate a few new turns that involve a hill or two, or maybe do the route twice. Obviously, as you get stronger, those hills won't seem as steep, and you may even start to enjoy those climbs. 
Another way to become stronger is to ride with someone who is faster than you. Start out on shorter rides because you're going to be pushing yourself to keep up. And as you get stronger, you'll want to go further. Who knows, you may soon become the faster rider that someone else wants to try and keep up with. One last idea is to time yourself. Whether it's a specific route or a segment or a killer hill, time yourself each time you do it and strive to beat your best time. Shaving off a few seconds each time will eventually add up to minutes. It will also add up to a stronger, more fit you, both mentally and physically. For the most part, any and all miles add up, and the more effort you put in, the more progress you will make at becoming a stronger you. The fitter you become, the more enjoyable long-distance cycling will be. And as I mentioned at the beginning, the bottom line, if you want to be stronger, you need to put in the effort. So there's that. Thanks to the listeners who asked me about that question. Okay, next up, what's your sleep setup? I have um, multiple sleep setups depending on the temperature outside. So I'm going to give you the two main systems that I use. Uh, First off is a tent sleep system. I currently, I gosh, I have, I probably have four or five tents, varying sizes, varying weights, depending on what sort of bags or panniers I have on my bike. My favorite one right now is the Big Agnes Fly Creek UL2, I think it's called, but it's a bike packing tent. And of course, it's lighter weight because it's a bike packing tent, but it also the tent poles are shorter so that it can be more compact in your bags. So I really, really like that tent. So when I'm tent camping, then I have different gear for temperature. So if it's colder out, I have a climate insulated camp pad. And if it's not cold out, I use a Thermarest camp pad. Both of them are super lightweight. The insulated pad is a little bit heavier, but for me it's worth it because I do not like to be super, super cold at night. Um, Along with the camp pad, I have a Sea to Summit Coolmax adapter. It's like a sleeping bag liner, but it's really, really thin. Sometimes I actually put my camp pad inside of it so then I don't slide around. Sometimes I put my body in it inside my sleeping bag. So again, it just depends on temperature. And I'm a big fan of having layers and choices. So along with that liner, I bring along a sleeping bag or a quilt, or if it's really, really warm out, just a sheet. So again, temperature is going to decide what or how much I bring in order to stay warm. In addition to the actual sleep setup, of course, you can adjust your clothing selection to help you not have to bring layers and layers and layers of sleeping bags and liners and all that good stuff. So I stick with a liner and then one more layer, which would be a sleeping bag or a quilt or a sheet. And then beyond that, I will bring either pants or sweatshirt or extra socks or something else to keep me warm. I don't actually bring along a pillow. Instead, I use clothing wadded up in one of my dry bags and I put it underneath my camp pad and that has seemed to work for me so far. So tent camping is probably what I do the most when I am bike touring or bike packing. I have also done a little bit of hammock camping. I have an Eno double nest and I also have a bug net that I put around it because I'm a little bit squeamish about just 
putting my hammock up around a tree and hoping that the ants and the ticks and the spiders don't sleep with me. So I do use a bug net. Um, and then I have done where I put the thermal rest pad inside the hammock. Um, I'm not as big of a fan with hammock camping because I'm a bit of a stomach sleeper and I don't always get comfortable enough in a hammock, but it's nice when you're really trying to be a minimalist and not carry very much stuff and I can make it work if I need to make it work. So that's probably the main two options I use for sleep setup. And I am under the assumption that when this question was asked, it means that I am self-supported. So of course, if I've got a car nearby, I'm going to go all out and use the bigger tent and maybe even bring an air mattress that I can really be comfortable and cozy in my with my sleeping. Okay, so to wrap up this question about sleep setup, a few tips I have for you. I bring most of the contents of my paneers into my tent, and that is for a couple reasons. It's to avoid moisture. It's also a chance for me to get a little bit more organized. Sometimes I will take everything out of those paneers to see what I have, to get get organized, to make sure nothing is spilled or there's not food at the bottom. Um, so I like to stay organized, and so that's just one way to do it. Um, of course, you do not need to take your paneers off your bike to go to sleep, but be sure that you have shut the lids and they are secure so that if it happens to rain, uh, nothing's going to get wet. Another tip is to change out of your daytime cycling clothes as soon as your camp is set up. You don't realize how much you sweat or how much moisture you have in your clothing until you take them off and put dry clothes on. You can then hang up your cycling clothes either inside your tent or on a tree so that even if you don't have the opportunity to wash them, at least they're, they're dry in the morning. Another tip is to bring earplugs. I won't get into all the gear I have for camping and sleeping and washing up and all that good stuff, but earplugs are definitely a must, especially if you have other people camping really close to you or birds that are active all night long. For me, earplugs are a game changer as far as getting to sleep and staying asleep. Um, in addition to keeping all your gear dry, your tent, man, keep your tent dry. Of course, you know, in the morning, if it's wet, you've got to stuff it in the bag and it goes on your bike. And leaving a wet tent stuffed in a bag when you ride your bike is no big deal. But leave it wet in the bag when you get home and then toss it in the bin or in the garage tote, wherever you keep it, that's going to be a bad idea. Mold and mildew create a funky odor that's really hard to reverse. There are ways, you know, if you do have a moldy tent to get rid of that smell and to get the mold and mildew out, you can go ahead and Google that. But the best thing to do is to avoid getting it in the first place. So I think those are the basics on sleep setup. I've got a tent option or a hammock option. And right now, they're both working pretty, pretty good for me. A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Okay, next question is, what tips do you have for going on my first tour? 
Okay, this is a fun one. So I will say before you go on your first tour, you have to, have to, have to, you have to do a couple of test runs of what you think is the right gear to bring on your bike tour. So that could be as simple as loading up your bike with everything you think you'll need for an overnight trip, getting on your bike and riding to the backyard, and then setting up your tent, setting it up as if you're really in the middle of nowhere, and then trying really hard not to go back in the house. It's actually harder than you think. Um, And maybe after you do that a night, then you do the same setup or you adapt and then you ride your bike five miles to a local campground or some sort of park or some place that allows you to set up a tent and then test everything out again and see, oh, wait a minute, I do need that or I don't need that or whatever may happen. You want that to happen when you're close to home versus being miles and miles away from help or or access to whatever you need or forgot. So let's say that you do decide to go in your backyard and do a test run. First off, use what you have. You don't need to go out and buy a bunch of gear for that first couple times. Um, maybe you have a backpack or maybe you have a back rack on your bike that you can bungee down or strap down your sleeping bag in your tent. Um, Try those things out first before you before you decide to go purchase items. Figure out what needs you have before you go to the store and start buying something. And for sure think about minimalism. Be a minimalist. You don't need to bring your camp stove for one night because you don't necessarily have to have a hot meal when you're only gone for 24 hours. You can make do with, you know, the squash sandwich that's at the bottom of your bag or maybe a couple granola bars or whatever it is that you have brought along. Um, Of course, if you have the room, bring the stove. But when you're just trying to test things out, let's just see if you're comfortable being in a tent and on hard ground before you go into what I would consider all the luxuries of having a hot meal and all of that good stuff. I would say though, at the very least, bring along an extra tube and a patch kit so that if you end up having a flat tire, it's something that you can fix. Now, if you don't know how to fix a flat tire, There are YouTube videos you can watch. You can go to your local bike shop and have them teach you or have somebody with you who knows how to do it. But at the very least, have the equipment with you so that you can um, try and figure it out if you need to or utilize the people with you to help you. So if you decide to uh, branch out from the backyard and maybe go down the road five, 10 miles, um, I would say three things. Bring along comfort, safety, and survival. Uh, survival to me would mean food and water so that your body can make it through this adventure. Along with that would be shelter, whether it is just a tarp and you're going to lay on that or whether it's a tent or a hammock or whatever, uh, some sort of shelter. As far as comfort goes, to me, that is going to be extra layers of clothing, dry clothing, rain gear, whatever the environment is, try and adapt to that so that you are um, fairly comfortable. With that said, I would definitely prepare to be uncomfortable, but you also want to plan for success. So if you decide, I don't want to bring along a jacket, and then it ends up being 40 degrees at night that's no fun. And that's borderline, you know, worrying about survival. So plan to be uncomfortable, 
plan for success. You don't need to bring three jackets if you can get away with wearing one and being warm enough. And then, of course, the other one I mentioned was safety. Have a phone in case something happens or a way to communicate if you need to. Maybe a small first aid kit. And like I mentioned earlier, some sort of patch kit. And I guess to wrap it up, the only other two things I would say about first time touring Uh, the test runs would be to make sure you tell somebody where you're going and also relax, have fun, enjoy your time. And I think I mentioned this in an earlier question, but think back to the first time you did it versus, you know, six months later when you're now a pro doing multi-day tours. It's so fun to look back and see how much you've grown. And I guarantee if you enjoy it and you do it again and again, you're definitely going to get better. A quick interruption to give a shout out to Primal Wear. Cycling is their passion and apparel is their craft. So if you are in the market for a New Jersey, bibs, mask, or any cycling apparel, go to primalwear.com and use code PRIMALMURF to get 20% off your purchase. Yes, 20%. Now back to the show. Okay, last question somebody asked me is, do you track your miles? Yes, I do. I am a big fan of tracking my miles. And I've been logging every ride for many, many years. And I'm definitely one of those people where if mid ride, my Garmin goes dead, or something happens where I'm not tracking miles, like, sometimes my Garmin won't start when I start. And I'll just, I'll get all fired up if I've pedaled a few miles without it being tracked. Now that's not so that I can brag about it. It's literally just for my mental health of am I riding my bike? Am I riding it often? And did I do better than last year? Did I feel better? And how do I compare to the me from last year? I've used a platform called Endomondo for many, many years, but recently they got bought out. So now I have jumped ship and I am using Strava along with my Garmin. But Strava's pretty cool. I use the free version of the app for now. And basically, it's just a landing point so that I can see how I'm doing throughout the year. And I actually do make goals for myself as to how many miles I'm going to do in a year. And looking at the Strava app helps me make sure I'm on track. So yes, I do track my miles. Do you need to? Absolutely not. It just really depends on if that's something that's important to you. Maybe just the act of getting on your bike is all you need. It just really depends on if it's something that you're curious about or not. If you just like jumping on your bike and going for a ride and that's all you need, great, do it. All right, so if you have a question, make sure you email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. I do answer them when you email me, but then occasionally I will make a show about them too. So something new I'm trying out, I just joined, is Patreon. So the Morphology Podcast is now on Patreon, and I'm sure you might be saying, what the heck is Patreon? It's basically a place for creators, artists, musicians, and of course podcasters to have a source of income and provide like rewards and perks to their subscribers. And as you know, listening to podcasts is completely free. If you decide to contribute your hard-earned money to my Patreon, it's your choice. And of course, if you decide not to contribute, you can still tune in and listen to the Morphology Podcast for free. And I hope you keep listening. 
But if you do want to contribute, you will join other listeners and fans who simply want to help the costs that go into creating podcast episodes. This includes updating or upgrading equipment, traveling to epic places, and keeping my bikes in tip-top shape. So go check it out if you want. The website is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Murphology. There is extra bonus content that I put on the Patreon page. So I do have a video on there right now that talks a little bit more about me and other stuff will be on there very soon. I appreciate you at least checking it out. Well, that is it for this week. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting, email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. Please visit my Instagram page for daily entertainment and check out the Morphology YouTube page to find videos of some of the places I go on my bike. I will leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Morphology. This quote comes from Chip Brown. Like dogs, bicycles are social catalysts that attract a superior category of people. Think about it.